Yo, what's good with everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Gifted Hoops, and I'm joining you today with the homie. I uh, have not done content with him on this channel just yet, but we be on Twitter spaces all the time, shopping up about sports. Uh, shout out to the homie Ev. He has a platform called Facts and Stats where, you know, just like me, he talks basketball pretty much all the time, almost every day for the most part, um, 11 a.m. on Twitter spaces. A passionate Heat fan. And yes, we're here to talk about the Miami Heat, a team that is finally in the NBA Finals. Ev, how's it feeling, man? Yeah, what's going on, Gifted? Appreciate that. Um, Avril Jr. or Ev, as most of y'all know me by. I'm feeling pretty good, man. It's a blessing. Uh, it's been a long up and down season, and I'm just thankfully, you know, thank God that we're here right now. Yeah, man. Um, I got to be honest with you. It's It's been a long season, and I think for a, a lot of people, considering how the season has gone, a lot of people kind of the, the heat out. What stood out to you the most from your entire regular season? What stood out to me the most throughout the regular season? Uh, <laughs> that's a tough question. I'll probably say the comments, no matter what was going on or no matter how the season was going, the, the, the positive comments that Jimmy Butler made, um, not only just to the media, but most likely to the locker room as well, saying that I know things are going the way it's going, but at the end of the day, we're still going to be one of those teams in the end, and, and look where we are now. So I think that was one of the most positive things to me. Um, another positive thing this season, to me personally, um, having three guys average 20 or more points per game. Um, I know it may seem small. Um, it, it's probably not that big. Uh, you know, most teams are, uh, they will have a guy averaging 28 and another guy averaging 23 or a guy averaging 30 and another guy averaging 19, 18, things like that. But for us to have a hero, Bam, and Jimmy, um, all average 20 points per game, um, all showing the ability to, to close games or win games with their big shot making or big defensive plays, um, Jimmy on Devin Booker, hero multiple game winners, uh, Bam out of body on all the things that they do on the court for us. Um, they all displayed that on a game-to-game -game basis. So I think that was one of the bright outlooks for this season when we had three guys that was able to do that on the court on a night-to-night -night basis. Hey, man, I would absolutely take pride in that. I mean, having multiple guys be able to step in and contribute at such a high level is big. And, you know, obviously for the C team, I think coming in, a lot of people expected the Heat to be in the mix. Uh, I think it was rough to predict exactly where this team would fall. I think for me, I had them in like the uh, sixth or seventh seed tier just because no offseason moves were really made to improve the roster. And like, you guys went through it this year. I mean, obviously the the injuries and how last year uh, y'all shot the ball extremely well, number one seed with a, a bunch of injuries still, but this year it was kind of a, a flip of that. Like this year for me, I love the growth I saw from Bam specifically. I mean, his, his offensive game during the regular season picked it up a whole lot more and Seeing him be able to translate that to the majority of the playoff run as well has been big. But you you end your season pretty much in a play-in type of situation. When you lose that first play-in game as a fan, how do you feel? <laughs> um, so let me circle back to the get to to my thoughts coming into the season. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to. Okay, so my thoughts on coming into the season last year. Obviously, we went 53 and 29. Uh, we was the number one seed. Uh, I believe we went, yeah, 53 and 29 was the number one seed. And, you know, we, we made the East Conference Finals again. And this time we just lost to the Celtics. Uh, another team that they had there last year. And, and Taylor Brown were playing spectacular basketball. Um, not better than how they were playing this year, but still, that doesn't mean much. Um, me personally, I felt like, and, I, and I'm speaking on this, PJ Tucker being our starting power forward, obviously, it's a beneficial. Especially on defensive end, or even the way we was utilizing him in the pick and roll sometime with him shooting most forward to his career and making it. And also his corner three-point shooting was very big for us last year as well. But the way Boston defended him in particular, um, it literally gave them a big advantage in that series. Uh, so I was telling multiple people that I knew, like, um, yeah, it's cool and it's his hustle and all that is needed. But when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, he can't put the ball on the floor. He can't do much for you. You're pretty much playing four on five on offense. So this time around, that was a different story. But we will get to that. Um, but after that first playing, so I, I predicted, I came to the season. I said, all right, we lost PJ. Um, we ex we extended Deadman. Yeah. We extended we we extended Caleb. We extended Oladipo to a new contract. All those guys got new contracts. We didn't add anything. Uh, so I'm like, damn, you know, like what's going on? Um, I was upset, but there was one guy that I was telling anybody that I know 
Uh, there's one guy that I was excited about for being a starting power forward on this team and getting an opportunity to perform, and that was Caleb Martin. Woo! Uh, this past round, we're going to get to that, but you see what he just did. Um, and I know he's not the typical power forward. He's a little small and things like that. But P.J. Tucker was small, too, but they didn't have the same body frame. Um, so it was that was the big guy that I was looking forward to starting this year. But all in all, this season, it was a crazy season. So after we lost to the Hawks, I said, if they're going to go out like that, and I believe and I believe we were home, if I'm not mistaken. I said, if they're going to go out, yeah, we were home. I said, they're going to go out like that and, and play like that with a chance to just literally, you win, you're in. You get the second seed, uh, and you play the Celtics in the first round. If they're going to go out and play like that, I mean, whatever happens in that Bulls game happens in that Bulls game. You know, like, I was like, whatever happens, happens. You know, if we lose, we have the 14th pick in the draft. That would be a lottery pick. Two of our best players came out of the lottery in the last five, in the last five six years. That was her own band. But I was thinking that um, we had two different timelines to me on the team. Yeah, Jimmy Butler, who's obviously the all-star, best player, one of the top 15 players in the world, 20, whatever you want to say. And you have Jimmy and Bam, I mean, Hero and Bam, who's 26 and below. And you can plug another lottery pick to that, and you can go from there. I was always on the fence of you trade Tyler Hero, and you get another star player. I wanted Donovan Mitchell so bad. Um, yes, you did. Once they, <laughs> yeah, once they lost to the Hawks, I said, okay, whatever happens, happens. Like, if they lose to the Bulls, so be it. I'm being completely honest. I said so be it because I went through so much with this team. We were 44 and 38. We started slow. When Oladipo came back from his injury, um, and I thought he was going to start the season as well. When he came back from his injury, because he didn't start the season, uh, we started winning some games. It looked like things were picking up. We went on a mini win streak, and then it just kept being up and down, 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 um, all the entire season. So um, it, it was a tough season. So at that point, when we lost to the Hawks, I said, "Man, whatever happened in that Bulls game happened in that Bulls game." Rightfully so, we turned it around in like the last three months of that game and won that game. So. That was my current standing. That's how I felt after we lost to the Hawks. Man, listen, Ab, I got to say this, man. We we have to circle back to the first thing you said. The P.J. Tucker thing, accurate. Um, I thought his floater game for the Heat was, was outstanding, and he shot the ball, you know, really well. But in the playoffs, it was four on five on the offensive end. And a lot of people said, well, the Heat aren't doing as well because they don't have P.J. Tucker. I always laughed at that. It's not that you guys didn't have PJ. It's that you did nothing to replace that role. That's really yeah. what it was, right? Like, like I was always like, bro, if the Heat could have another four, like Jeremy Grant or you know some type of like wing player in that like mold, like you know him or Kyle Kuzma in that slot, it would just fit in so naturally. But you guys, you know, thugged it out. I gotta give a, a lot of respect because you know, as we are going to transition to how well you guys have played in the playoffs. Caleb Martin came in and like, you know, consistently filled in that role, played super hard on both ends of the basketball. And obviously in the playoffs, he had a monster run. But for the entire season, you guys basically just had to fight over and over and over. Butler had his most, you know, efficient season as a pro. Bam uh, took a lot of strides offensively as well. And you saw multiple, you know, moments, even though I'm not as high on Tyler Hero, the combination of Tyler and Bam was undeniable during the regular season, and you saw that continuity grow. But also, there were a lot of people saying, you guys paid Duncan Robinson all this money, and he's not playing any minutes at all. And now in the playoffs, you got all these guys who were counted out playing meaningful basketball. Like, I'm literally seeing Al Horford, respected Boston center, respect Duncan Robinson's drive to where he gives up a three in the first quarter. Like, it was just outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, I mean, it, that's why this, this run feels like, it's like a, it's like a never-ending movie, but unfortunately, we're almost at the end. Now, some movies have good endings, some movies have bad endings, and hopefully we're on the end, we're on the end of the good movie, uh, the good movie ending, uh, because, man, I feel like we all deserve a good ending. Um, man, 2020 bubble, crazy year. Play LeBron James, Anthony Davis in the playoffs, finals actually, and Bam out of Bayo and, and, and Goran Dragic is hurt. Um, and they were key pieces to that run all entire playoffs. The next following season, that's the Kobe year, guys are getting suspended. Um, we never really had any to, we never really had anything to build on. Um, Bucks actually added that offseason. They added PJ, they added, they added Drew. I can't remember if Bobby was there that year, but they added those two guys. Um, and that in the end, look, they, they swept us. Oh, no, they beat us 4-1. I'm sorry, no, they swept us. Um, that was that. Uh, last year, the Celtics, we, we was almost there. Jimmy said we'll be right where we are now today, and now today we are here. Um, 
So you know, man, it's, it's been a big roller, roller, big, big, big roller coaster. But you know, that's what we love. That's why we love basketball. You know, it's, it's sometimes unpredictable for the most part. And you know, who expected the Kings to be what they were this season? You know, uh, most people had the, uh, the the Grizzlies dropping off uh, with Jaron Jackson starting the season on the bench. Yep. Uh, most people was higher on the Timberwolves, uh, and they weren't too good this regular season. Even though Tom was the big portion of it, you know. But you know, this that just goes to show, like basketball is so unpredictable um, for the most part. So I think that's the fun part about it. Absolutely. And for a team like the Heat, you guys have had Spolstra in there for so long. You have a certain culture and mold of like the types of guys that you guys build and develop. Like people understand coming in there, your job is to come in there, work hard and like, you know, contribute a lot to your team and your teammates throughout the entire season. So I think that 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 culture in terms of holding people accountable and having it led by Jimmy and Bam two players who play extremely hard on, on both ends of the floor like that type of you know airness rubs out in the whole locker room and then having a coach like Eric Spoelstra who just puts it all on the line and gets the most out of these players like I think the Heat is a great example of continuity mattering in the NBA because the two teams who are in the NBA finals are teams that have been together they understand the ins and outs of how, how to play with each other and it's not just one guy like you know as good as uh bam is as good as jimmy is as good as jamal and Jokic are the team as a whole move together with uh you know back cuts spacing defense you know in your case zone defense that type of yeah. stuff is going to be the future of what the nba does and for the heat to come this far i mean once we go through round by round by round it's just insane what you guys have accomplished no, for sure, for sure. I mean, <laughs> the but so so, and and I'm glad we're actually recording this, uh, and I'm so used to hosting uh, and all that type of stuff. But so again, I felt how I felt after the Hawks game. I said, man, whatever happened in that Bulls game happened. I never said I wanted to lose though, but I, if we did lose that game, I knew we were getting a lottery pick. I knew that pick could have been useful. If we're even looking, you can package Tyler Hero in that 14th pick. This is a loaded draft. You can package Tyler Hero in that 14th pick, and you can get something. To me, you can get something. And I feel like whatever we could add with that can bolster the Jimmy and Bam duo and get that big formidable third piece and lead us back to contention. I also, I also did speak on the possibility of moving Jimmy Butler. I might had all options on the table, but that wasn't my second option. My third, my second option was Kyle Lowry. Uh, he has an expiring contract this offseason. I, that's going to be useful. Aspiring contracts get traded every single year. Um, he most likely, to me, he should get traded and he should get bought out. Um, Jimmy Butler was my third option because I spoke on earlier in this episode or what we're recording. I spoke on how he didn't, he doesn't fit the timeline of Tyler Hero and Bam. Right. If you want to go another direction, just if they wanted to go another direction, you have that ability to let Jimmy, who's a hell of a player, go be a great player elsewhere and have a potential better chance of winning the championship than probably what he did in Miami undrafted guys that you're speaking on Gabe he became a starting point guard he was inconsistent this year Kyle Lowry he was the starting point guard he was so bad he literally got sent to the bench he was bad this um, year for sure Max Shrews you know Max Shrews Duncan, Duncan Robinson he's getting paid he's getting paid he couldn't even play basketball uh so at we, we at a point in time in our season we were literally begging for Dwayne Demick to not play basketball it got that it got that bad in Miami so I mean at that point, you got to just put or have your eggs in one basket and put it like that. You got to have multiple options. And I feel like I laid out three different options and whatever happened was going to happen. Unfortunately, well, not even unfortunately, none of the options even happened. We're just blessed to be here. You know, uh, we're still in the NBA finals. Um, and if you want to go round by round, let's start series versus the Bucks. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. All time series, brother. All all time series, uh, man. This postseason run was like the get back amongst all get backs for me. Uh, we, we 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 beat the Bucks in 2020. They came back and got them in 21. We came back and got them in 23. This was a fantastic series. Um, did I expect us to beat them the way they did? No. I had a slogan or a motto. Uh, beginning of every single series we played this year. Every single series we played this year. And it happened in every single series. You win game one. And we can have some fun. At that point, anything is possible. We went it, we went it, we went it to Milwaukee. We took game one. Um, my favorite game of the series though, and I think that might have been game four. 
we were up 2-1, and um, I think that's a game where Caleb Martin did the three in Giannis' face, and it was like, you know, doing that. Um, that was a, a fantastic, fantastic series. Uh, one of my favorite Heat series of all time. Uh, Jimmy Butler, what he did in that series, he was just out of this world. I mean, he did 37-6-5. and five. Um, Bam came in to contribute. Uh, he wasn't in the 20s like he was regular season averages, but his 17-8 and eight was very useful as well. He had big defensive stops throughout that series. Um, especially in the last, I think in one of the last games, he defended Giannis so well in that series. Um, and Giannis got a lot of questionable calls to me. I don't dislike him. I respect it. I respect him. I would prefer him to have an outside shot. I prefer him to have a better post game. But it was a lot of questionable calls, and I think Bam, he 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 fared well against it. He played well against it um, against him and the refs, if you ask me, and got the stops when we needed him to get the stops. Uh, Gabe was solid in that series. Caleb was solid in that series. Uh, we also added Kevin Love midseason. He became a playoff starter for us. Uh, this last Celtics round, he sort of kind of went to the bench the last couple of games, which was very needed. But um, that was one of the best series, one of the better series that we had, man. Um, when you're going against a defense like that features Brooke, a DPOY candidate. Um, All defense guys right there, yeah. yep. Uh, Giannis, Drew. Like when you're going against a team that featured Bobby Porter, who came off the bench, it was one of the better six men off the bench this year. I think he led the league in bench, double-doubles off the bench. Um, Chris Middleton. You know, when you're going against a team like that and, and, and you come out on top 4-1, um, that's that's what I think that's what started like, oh, damn. You can really do this around the locker room. Damn. You know, I know I know Jimmy spoke on it in the middle of the season, and he spoke on it last year, but I think when you, when you beat a team like that, you really start to look at the mirror like, damn, y'all, okay. That's really gear up. So I think that's what took place. Um, and then that triggered over to the Knicks series. I don't know if you want me to keep going or something, you know. But, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, you know I got to say, man, I'm not going to share a code, nothing. I'm going to keep things all the way authentic with you like I try to do, right? In that mm -hmm. Heat Buck series, the stench of what happened with Atlanta was fresh on my mind. And I was thinking, yeah. okay, this Bucks team, wow. The entire season, I disagreed with many people. Like, I didn't believe that the Bucks and the Celtics were just miles above everybody else. I feel like the Bucks were kind of getting older, and they weren't, like, as great as they once were. Uh, their defense was great the entire season, but I always said that, to me, Chris Middleton was not all the way Chris Middleton. And I didn't really trust, like, their outside spacing because year after year after year for that Bucks team, when they get in the playoffs, the outside shooting falls off a cliff. And the half-court offense gets really, really bad. And, and, and Drew Holiday can become a terrorist offensive player. We know these things. But I still felt as if how the Hawks beat you guys in terms of just like the sheer effort with the boards, yeah. it felt yeah. like that would have been too much. But in game one, y'all came and y'all really snatched their souls to me. And like, obviously, Giannis got hurt. I do, you know, agree with that. But people have to remember... The one game they won in this series, which was game two, I'm pretty sure, this Bucks team put up 80 points in a half. Yeah. Like, just it beat them bad. Yeah. <laughs> bad. And guess what the narrative was, Dev? Because you host space every day, so you already know what it was, right? It was, yeah. oh, they can beat up without Giannis. They don't, they don't yeah. need Giannis to beat the Heat. Yeah. And then y'all come back here, and Jimmy Butler has easily one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he was talking shit dropping 56 points down down taking pull-up transition threes down in the game in the entire time talking he, he really like had the dog for the entire team like that to me sparked the, the entire team bam even though i feel like in that series offensively he could have been better the defense of Giannis was absolutely stellar and i'm telling you right now if that closeout game i, I love the nba i love basketball mm -hmm. But that had to be one of the most rigged games I've ever seen in my life. Because in that fourth quarter, the amount of free throws that the Bucks just keep getting over and over and over. Y'all hooping threes, you know, quality, you know, shots and all that. But the Bucks just getting free throw after free throw after free throw. And I'm seeing Giannis, a player that a lot of people told me was like the best player by far or whatever, missing a lot of these free throws, yeah. not executing, making the dumb foul on Max Struess in, in overtime. Yeah. Like... It was just such a crazy series. And the crazy part about it is y'all lost Tyler Hero in game one. Like yeah, and that's my guy. That's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it, I love that you hit I love that you hit you that you hit on the points where uh 
the narrative because one when they did what they did to us that following game and they beat us so bad they were shooting lights out uh i'm pretty sure people were saying even if you add a 75 percent or 80 percent or even a 90 percent Giannis to what the hell they just did to us and that probably will continue but the fact that they lost the series that's when everything came backwards to oh but Giannis was hurt you know i don't i mean it doesn't make make any sense to me personally but at the end of the day like Drew Holiday said, Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy was just busting their ass. They didn't have anybody to stop Jimmy. Facts. I mean, they couldn't, do they couldn't do nothing with Jimmy. Drew Holiday just said that last week. So, you know, respect to an all-time defender and a guy like that, especially from the perimeter aspect or just all around, to be honest, um, to make a comment like that. So, um, that's that's pretty much how I felt about that series, man. It was a – you you spoke on the foul call after foul call after foul call. And, and, and thankfully and rightfully so, he's not a good free-throw shooter. Another aspect that he got to work on, which he has been improving at, but – uh, that definitely benefited us in the long run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Undoubtedly. And the heart of Jimmy Butler for A, to be, like, talking trash to Drew Holiday of all people. I've I've never seen no one in my life go at Drew Holiday in that way. But to also score the clutch bucket to force overtime. And you saw that yeah. Bucks team, like, fold. Like, y'all look poised the entire time through. Bam, he, he was in foul trouble. And it was just next man up <laughs> mentality for every player in that overtime period. And like after y'all clinched that, I'm like, nah, this team is serious. This team is really, really, really serious. And then y'all play the Knicks, who like a lot of people also counted out. A lot of people said that the Knicks would not beat the Cavs because the Cavs had the talent and the Knicks manhandled the Cavs easily. You know what I'm saying? So so then y'all come into another playoff series where people say the Heat don't have the talent to beat the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell Robinson is going to kill them all over the glass. Mm -hmm. And y'all just fight. And, and and the crazy part is this series to me was so important because this was the Duncan Robinson coming out party, number one. And two, Jimmy Butler got hurt. And you saw Caleb and Gabe like put their hearts on the floor every single game, transition threes, pull-ups off of the dribble, the attack and the closeouts. And, and Duncan, I think that playoff series was so important for the conference finals to me because Duncan Robinson got his shots off and his confidence back in that Knicks yep. playoff series. So. Uh, I agree. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. I agree. That was a, the, listen, it was, they were some guys that was, that unfortunately had to face a hungry AC that was coming off of what they just did to Milwaukee. Um, and again, I do want to give them credit because I did pick them to beat the Cavaliers, but the way they handled the Cavaliers were fantastic. Um, I, I want to give all credit due to that. Um, I think Julius Randle... Did Julius Randle play in that Cleveland series? Uh, he, he got hurt, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he so. got hurt, that's why. Yeah. Okay, so he came back for us, but yeah, Julius Randle in that, in that... First off, before I even speak on that series, hats off to Jenna Brunson. Um, oh yeah, Hooper. It, it, Hooper. It, it, I'm watching the last like three games of that series, or even game one or two, of him just going nuts, and we just couldn't do nothing about it. He was a tough pickle. We we did so many different different defensive coverages for him, um, and he was pretty successful um, against Gabe. He had his ways for the most part against Jimmy. Bam had some good defensive stops on him. Um, I do appreciate Bam's versatility um, to be able to do what he do to guard one through five. Is there's I can't name too many players in the league that literally can guard one through five the way Bam Adebayo can. Um, he just, he's, he's a different breed. He's special. But the reason why I was hoping we got up out of there pretty quickly because Jimmy Butler ankle, man, it, that was a big... It was big, bad, big, bro. It was bad. Yeah, that was a big issue in that series. Um, I think this series, we've seen Bam be a little bit more better. Um, against New York's front court, uh, he also did a great job of guarding Julius Randle as well, um, keeping Mitchell Robinson out of the paint, out of the paint for the most part throughout that series. Um, his rebounds went down compared to the first series against Cleveland. Um, and then Max Schrus, he's able to hit some shots for us and play well that series. Uh, like you said, uh, Duncan, uh, Caleb, and Caleb continued his Milwaukee thing on to that next series as well. Uh, I think in that series that that showed the grit uh, and also Eric Spo. Uh, we, we we having a coach like that on the sideline is so key when your best players hurt, when your best players not 
you're able to shake back and play like that because I believe we took game one, um, and then Jimmy didn't play game two. And you damn took it took game. game two. You yeah. damn it took and game we almost two. Went, yeah, and, we, and, and we almost won that game two. So that that at that moment, it's taking RJ and Julius and Jalen to all have 20 plus and play the way that they played and we really lost. I'm like, okay, I'm confident. Like I love it. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait for the next game. Uh Jimmy Butler returned. And then we did what we did. You know, um, another victory for us. Uh, I can't remember if that series ended 4-1-4-2. I think it um, y'all lost yeah. two games, and it was okay, off the so strength of, of Jalen Brunson dropping forty <laughs> in one of yeah, the games. Like. Yeah, so that was a four-two series. Um, you know, and but all in all, it was it was it was ever love. He, he it's all about Kyle Lowry. Even I, I forgot to mention Kyle Lowry. That so I'm sorry. I gotta refresh my mind back to the beginning of uh, May and, and a little mid throughout May for that series. But Kyle Lowry came off the bench. He he actually looked like a a floor general, like a veteran, like a leader um, for us. And we needed that, you know. Um, that series regained my confidence when you're talking about a guy that can come off the bench. Although he's getting paid a lot of money, but a guy that can come off the bench and do that for you. Um, and he was, able to, he was able to provide that playmaking aspect. Um, and and uh, just being a floor general, having a high IQ, which he does have, he showed that in Toronto, uh, you know, winning the championship there. Um, he brought that to Miami in that round. Um, I think everything that he did for us was big, um, down to his defense, uh, down to his off the way he's setting up guys to get him open looks and things like that. So I want to give a big, big shout out to Kyle Lowry in that series, man. That was just another guy that was on the road and what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish this year. But again, big, big hats off to of Jalen Brunson. Um, I think where they went wrong in that series was Josh Hart in their starting lineup. I know Grimes was dealing with an injury, um, and he came back, but the inability for Hart to be a consistent floor spacer showed. Um, if Julius if Julius and Josh are pretty much inefficient from the outside, Jalen Brunson likes to work from the inside and then shoot a three if he needs to be, even though his shot was on, I believe, in that series. And he already started Mitchell Robinson. You know, so that's three guys that you cannot count on. I mean, RJ Barrett, he's you know, it. He had a good series. I think he did twenty. I think he had. I think he averaged twenty that series. Yeah. And for him, that's okay. I think for him, that's okay. You know, I'm not mad at that. Um, but I'm more so was looking at Josh Hart. I think they and they and they and they tried to shift to that. They started Grimes. I think in game five and six, if I'm not mistaken. Um, a little bit too late though. Um, it's hard to get going. Uh, I think in one. I think in five, Grimes shot well. I'm talking on top of my head. I'm just talking. Right. Um, but I think in game five, Grimes shot well. One of those games, he shot well, but. Um, I just think that that was something that should have been in the beginning of the series, sort of kind of helped him out because Josh Hart, don't get me wrong, he's tough, crashes the glass, he rebounds, he plays with tremendous effort. Uh, but to beat a team like that and with the offense that they had, on most part, which is pretty much Jalen Brunson, go ahead, ISO, do you. Julius Randle, go ahead, do you. Um, RJ, try to do you. Um, but at that point, while those guys are penetrate, you also need to penetrate and kick. And you, you're penetrating and kicking to Josh Hart. Are removing the ball to Josh Hart, and we pretty much just let him shoot the ball, and it wasn't too successful for them. So, um, I think that was something they had to fix uh, for playing against us in that series a little earlier with Graham starting. I think the Josh Hart point is an interesting one because, from my perspective, I felt like that Knicks team was always going to be questionable offensively because the whole regular season, how they play basketball, was like isolation basketball through their best players. I feel like Josh Hart added a really strong defensive identity like he picked up full court you know like all the gritty effort plays were there but it kind of gave pj tucker vibes because initially he was shooting the ball okay but his confidence kind of drained as the series kept going and he became a negative offensive player y'all you know obviously took advantage of that all the way to a t but we also do at some point have to have the julius randall conversation because this is <laughs> this is another playoff series where it's like terrible shots bad turnovers the body language they were beating y'all one time and he didn't do media after the game because he had 12 points and he got benched <laughs> like that type of stuff is not productive in a playoff setting and you can just see him get rattled by your defense for, for that entire series mm -hmm. yeah i think i think the last thing that you touched on that's my guy you know he went to kentucky everybody that go to kentucky is my guy um, and then quickly got hurt too, but quickly wasn't playing too well in this series prior to him getting that ankle injury. Yeah. Regardless, so I don't, I didn't want to speak on that, but 
it, the, the body language, bro. There was one play in that series where it quickly missed a corner three. And this is what I don't see this from none of the good teams in the league. And let me tell you something real quick. Just yesterday, I'm seeing Jalen Brown come down the court and just do pull-up threes. Um, quickly, nobody put their head down. Nobody shook their head. Quickly shot an open corner three, and he missed it. Julius Randle literally shook his head and put his head down. Nasty. He must walk back to get back on defense. And I'm like, damn. Like, who want to play with somebody like that? Like, how are you even sharing a locker room with a guy like that? How are you even in a huddle with a guy like that? Um, that's not down for his teammates. That doesn't trust all of his teammates on his team. That's not that's not pouting to referees. That's not pouting on the court. That's not trying to fight twenty four seven. Facts. You know that's just my, that's just my thoughts. I couldn't I couldn't deal with that. Me personally, I couldn't deal with that. And I wouldn't want a guy like that on my team. And that's why I feel like you have to give Brunson so much credit because again, like yeah. he signed to this team, and his impact to me, he's been easily the most impactful player. And through all of that stuff, he fought through it. He didn't complain. He had to deal with a lot of like terrible spacing but he just hooped like he put his head down empowered his teammates to be themselves and really it gave it his all and to me he was the sole reason why they were even able to get two games off of you guys in general because overall you guys really outclassed them yeah for sure i agree with that completely for sure yeah for sure but we now got to get to it so listen y'all before we get to this segment i gotta introduce this the right way man mr facts and stats for the entire season, y'all, Ev has been trolling the Bleed Green community. I might as well put this part, too. This man has been trolling the Bleed Green community. Now, listen, I love Boston Celtics fans, okay? Shout out Kiana. Shout out to me. Shout out to B. But I got to keep it hot. As a Warriors fan, I do see, like, sometimes when the going gets tough, some of them don't pop up. Not them three, okay? Y'all be there. But Ev fed off of that for the entire season and he kept saying i can't wait until we actually match up and we finally get to a conference finals and you obviously had all the clips about you know people saying celtics in five we have better talent all this and all that how excited were you to get to this conference finals matchup for the close full disclosure before we get there um you know like i'm biasedness or super fan i would say or just being a regular guy that likes to talk about sports. Um, you, I do this for football too. I tend to go into the season with my Super Bowl predictions or my NBA Finals prediction matchup. Full disclosure, the way they played last year and they made the finals, they lost to the Warriors. They was up um, 2-1, I think. They were up 2-1 and lost three straight. Uh, they added Malcolm Brogdon. They had all their guys coming back. Robert Williams would be helped. And, and I like Malcolm Brogdon. I just think that he wasn't utilized the way that he was utilized um, in Indiana. Um, but that's another story. That's, that's besides the point. It doesn't really matter much. Uh, when they add a guy like that for pretty much nothing, uh, you still have Derrick White. You, you, you have another season of Grant, um, JB, Jason Tatum. And I was, and I do, and like you said, I do Twitter spaces every single day. And I promise to you, I, I, I literally say this to my Twitter space, and they thought I was crazy. I said Jason Tatum will average 30 points per game this year. Well, wh why do you think that? Da, 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 da. I said if he's the player that I think he's going to be, he's going to take that leap scoring. It's not that much that. of a leap. I think, yeah. I think he probably did 27 or 28, whatever it was the season before last. I don't know. But I predicted him to average 30, and he did just that. Um, I say he had a better season than LeBron James. They thought I was crazy. Um, but that's here nor there, though. I did predict him to go to the finals, but I also said that I think the Heat will go to the East Conference Finals again. The Celtics and Bucks playing the second round again. Unfortunately, not even unfortunately, it's actually fortunate because uh, it's put some certain teams in the light. Uh, we, we got the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. That happened. But as far as this matchup, <laughs> I, I did wait 365 days for this one. I waited a full year for this one. Um, and this was beautiful. This was special. Um, and I said what I said about them being my finals team or pick in October. But I also said in December. I also said in January, I also said in April, I also said in March. I want them in the playoffs because there's certain things that I've seen about them when I watch them. When they, that's my second most watched team outside of the Heat. That I've seen on a game-to-game -game basis. And it was literally three, 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 three. We're going to get these threes up, threes up, threes up, threes up. And I felt like a guy of Tatum's stature. 
didn't utilize his size for the most part or as frequently throughout games to me um barely any posters for tatum yeah yeah working in a working in a post area um killing the mid-range area mid-range is more so jb's game but jb also was getting threes up as well the whole team was getting threes up um they, they truly they truly lived and died by the three if you ask me especially on offense a lot of driving kicks driving kicks um driving kicks for the most part so i felt like if they had to see us in a playoff setting i think jimmy and bam and i always raved about tyler Hurl had three good games against them this year their last game was pretty much a stinker um but he had three good games against them this year um and i and we we went we went two two and the last game that we won um it was actually on back to back back to back days like literally like two days apart but i think one of them was on like november 30th the next one on december 2nd something like that um, and they were back-to-back games um one of the games they beat us i don't even i don't even, i can't even recall if jimmy butler played somebody didn't play but besides the point it doesn't matter um i just seen some things and i felt like that recipe or that structure on offense is not set up to make you just beat any and everybody I don't get it twisted. I thought they can beat anybody else in the in the, in the East, but I also felt like we can beat the Sixers. I also felt like that he can beat the Cavs. I feel like that right. he can beat the Knicks. So I felt like they can beat all those other teams as well. But I felt like if they seen us, it was going to be a different story. Now a lot of people called me a troll. Um, a lot of Boston fans said, "Well, you, you are a troll, though." So I I am in that aspect. <laughs> I was, <laughs> but a lot of them say, "Well, you guys like to speak on being a shot away and." guys overachieved we really should beat y'all in five we should have beat y'all in six last year and all i was saying was okay i can't wait till this year it comes around um i have my motto and one win game one we can have some fun i told everybody in the space listen if you want to make some money take the miami heat money line game one it was like plus 300 and take the spread so if we do happen to lose i don't think they were going to beat us by eight plus to me i just i just did not think that they can do that um, last year, there was a lot of blowouts in the series between us. Um, we blew them out. They blew us out. This year, um, or particularly game one and two, just pretty much I didn't see that happening as often. I'll say that. Um, game three, we beat them bad, but then they came back and beat us bad, too, uh, in a couple of games. We went we went, we went, right up in there in Boston, bro. We won game one. We, 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 we did nothing but play with grit, determination. We, we, we played amongst each other. And that was the beginning of that series. Some of the best team basketball I've seen us One, play all year. 100%, bro. And it's, it's not just offensively, though. It's defensively, too. Knowing the rotations, um, knowing that if one guy go out and jump out there, you go in front of that other guy, you box him out, you rotate to his man. Uh, the zone defense was spectacular. Like, no, I like spectacular. Everything was on one in that series. Um, and that's why I personally couldn't wait for it. I respect Tatum game. I love Tatum game, but I just didn't think that both of their guys would be on every single game to beat us. And I think they needed that. Um, also, I can't I can't sit up here and say I predicted Caleb to play the way he played. I'd be lying. Uh, but what he did in this series goes to show my point to where i was telling them this all october or all off season it goes to my point to where i said the difference of having to check pj tucker and kayla martin is totally way different different. way different it's seven games last year pj tucker had 45 points in total in seven games this year kayla martin had 135 points it is the things that they wanted to do credit to him he was in the big shots regardless the thing that they wanted to do he made sure that nah it's just not gonna be easy i put the ball on the floor i'll go get mines i'll knock down these open three-point shots i'll pull up and on top of that i'll play defense you know so uh caleb to me was the east Conference finals mvp um jimmy got about one vote uh, shout out to jimmy though um he, he Game four through game four through six was bad uh, to me. Six, he had the late heroics uh, where we could have won, we should have won. I guarantee that win. But Derek White, hell of an effort play, uh, and they and, and Boston they played with effort. Yeah, they played with effort all series. I give them that. And after after game one through three, they played with effort. They was crashing the glass. They were playing as a team. They were playing hard. Marcus Smart pretend some big shots. 
Derek White, who I was just speaking on, he hit some big shots in that series. And I and it was getting to the point where I was getting tired of him. I was genuinely getting tired of Derek White, uh, to be honest. Every time he shot the ball, I was getting tired of it. He was too much, bro. Yeah. Just like Keelan Martin, though. Um, every single time they shot the ball, I thought it was going to go in. Um, but it, 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 the, the, the things that we did defensively on different occasions benefited us. We showed man, we switched, we went zone. Um, and it was not just a 2 3 zone, it was like a little sort of kind of sometimes like a, um, like a one, two, two sometimes, or even four, or even four out one in. Um, it was a lot of different looks that Spo did for us when it comes to containing Tatum, and that's a tough guy. Game, the start of game seven was unfortunate with him twisting his ankle, but that's a tough guy. Um, I feel like if Gabe didn't mix, miss that game that he missed, that probably would have helped us out offensively because he's a big piece and he showed to be a big piece for us for what we needed him to do in that series. Um, just this whole entire playoff for him. But Caleb Martin, was my main focus. I mean, 19 and six, uh, he did 60, 60, 48, 87. Uh, Jimmy, he, he wasn't too efficient this series. He shot bad, um, but he, he continuously tried to make the plays to help us win the game. And I think that's what mattered most. Um, and he came out with that aggression in game seven yesterday. Uh, we went on 22 to 15 at the end of the first and we didn't lose the lead at that point. Uh, Jalen Brown, he was, he was horrific. He was horrible. Um, so yeah, man, it was it was beautiful to be able to get that get back. Uh, I waited 365 days, and I had to hear all the the the, the, the trash talking, or um, you guys shouldn't have been there in the first place. Uh, they told they told me we stood no chance. They said we was in the way of what they're trying to get back to. Uh, well, I'm sorry, they gotta wait another year for that. Simple, straight up. <laughs> I gotta wait another year for that. You know. Y'all had high hopes of Tatum. Y'all had high hopes on Tatum and Brown, but I'm sorry, we got bigger hopes. Jimmy was determined from last year. He said we're going to be in the same exact position again, and this time we're going to get it done. And we did just that. So um, I love Jimmy. I love Bam. I love Caleb, uh, Gabe. That's my that's my guy. And then most importantly, in this finals, we, we potentially get my guy Tyler Hero back game three. So I think that's big. But being Boston was something I was waiting on for a long time. So now three out of the last, I mean, two out of the last three matchups was in the, in the last four years were up now 2-1. So that's bittersweet. Yeah, I think that that series was a very interesting series for one because what what I will remember the most in my brain is like how Duncan Robinson revived his career in this yeah. series. Because yeah. the way that he was beating Jalen Brown, all NBA, by the way, Jalen Brown on back cuts, three-point yeah. shot, like – but the completeness of his game, like I saw plays where he understood the gravity of his spacings and he would make the right passes to where y'all would get easy paint points. Like he was a really complete basketball player beyond just this guy who comes in and shoots threes. He impacted the game in so many ways. And then Gabe Vincent and Kayla Martin in terms of getting a, a bucket when the offense stalled and creating quality looks from pull up threes <laughs> above the break threes even Kyle Lowry had some moments where he got some snatchback jump shots on the road and in those first two games I said I think the Heat can win this series because while the Heat might not have the talent they can out execute what Boston wants to do and you saw this team come in TD Garden game one and two with the focus intensity of a game plan but I will give Boston this though because again after y'all go up 3-0, game three, y'all blow them out. It looks like they're fractured. They're going to get swept. Yeah. The coach is literally coming out saying, I lost a lot. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> During the series, and, and somehow they flip a switch and they win three straight games. And then for a lot of people, they switch their pick because it's like, oh, if there's one team that could come back from down 0-3, it's Boston. But I always said, bro, the difference between these two teams is the is the heart and the execution in the clutch when it matters most. That's what I said. And and I said game seven, Boston is favored by six and a half points. And everyone is thinking they're going to win it because they won three straight. People have to understand to beat a team four, four times in a row is hard. But to beat an Eric Spolster coach team where they are the underdog. And now, while the pressure was on them to not choke, right? When you go into a game seven at home, to me, the pressure switch 
to Boston. Because now it's like, yeah. y'all won all these games, you got the talent, now y'all have to Michigan. close it out. And y'all handle yeah, business. Yeah, I, I didn't even, I never even told about this. I didn't even say this in the space, to be honest, last night or today. But, my confidence in game seven wasn't on Jimmy. It wasn't on Bam. It wasn't on Caleb. To be honest, it was literally on Eric Bosher. Facts. I said, because... At a point, at a point, you gotta put certain coaches on certain pedestals, and when they're on that pedestal, you know they're not going to lose big games. Um, and, and there's only a, a couple of you, you guys know who most of the coaches are on that pedestal that I'm referring to, um, Pop, Bill, and so forth. Um, uh, it, credit to Steve and everything he's been doing in Golden State as well. Um, and there's way, way, way more minute winning, winning coaches for um back to the 90s and things like that when they're on that type of pedestal um you just know big games is something that they coach their guys up to be ready for and it was certain things that he was saying in that game six presser that stood out to me i was like yeah he wants to play this right now but he, he guaranteed a win he guaranteed the win yeah I I've never seen him do that win. before in my life. Man. Like, Spolstra sat I'm there like, and said, we're winning. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, oh, sh I'm literally like, okay. All right. So I know he's going to put us in position to make sure we win this game. And there's a stat going around about how we switched the pick and roll so many times um, in that game. I can't remember what exactly said, but it just shows that the different defensive things that we did all credit to Eric Spo. He leads every single body on this team. There's no on there's no guy that has more say so on that roster more than Eric Spoelstra. And I think that's very important when you're building a championship team. Um so and I think the last two teams definitely have that. Mike Malone is a great coach over there in Denver. I mean Eric Spoelstra is a great coach over here in Miami. So I think he played a big big part to us winning that game seven. And I just think that was more so why I thought the most out of anything that we were going to win that game. Absolutely. And, like, from that standpoint to it, right, I felt like what's supposed to realize is this team wants to shoot these threes. Al Horford had so many possessions where he had a smaller guy on him, and they yep, weren't giving out. Yeah. Yep. And and, it out. and if you're going to do that, then we can just keep switching it because you're not punishing us. And, like, yep. that's how y'all punished him. And also supposed to say, you know what? I'm I'm gonna show him I'm not playing. No Kevin Love minutes. He played yeah. Highsmith nine minutes. Highsmith damn near did like the dagger plays on the defensive end. And Caleb Martin from 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 jump was just bucket 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 bucket. Like he played like an All NBA player. No exaggeration yeah. for this entire Dude. series. No, that's a fact. Um, I actually wanted Kip to start Game Five uh, because Boston came out and did Game Four. Um, when Boston came out of the day game four, they literally was attacking Kevin Love. Um, and the pick and roll, yeah, he looked like a guy that just could not be playing. Game five, they did the same exact thing because I knew they were going to continue it. So I tweeted in the middle of that game, "Listen, if this goes six, we got to start Caleb." Thankfully, so we made that adjustment um, in six and seven. And then I only wanted two things in, in game seven. We already didn't play Love in game six. Cody Zeller was like a minus 12 or something like that in four minutes of playing game six as well. I didn't want him to play either. Um, obviously, that was going to lead to Highsmith, who played in game five, I believe, but didn't play game six. I was so confused by that. Uh, but you you got to trust the Hall of Fame coach and Spoh when, when it's time to trust them. And I did that. And I did not want to love or Zeller to play game seven because it makes no sense. They're too slow-footed. They're not providing anything offensively, really. Um and they were not benefiting the offense, to be honest. Uh, so he went away from he went away from both of those guys, and I think that was big. He also played Jimmy and Bam the whole first quarter. That's not something that happens too often. Being completely honest, as a Heat fan, any Heat fan can tell you, Jimmy and Bam did not play the full first quarter together, and he did just that. He sort of kind of led that way by setting the tone, and that led us um, Jason Tatum on the other side of things. He hurt his ankle in the first twenty seconds, but he continued to play the next eight minutes. After that, he sent a message for four minutes. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. After he sent that message that first four minutes, the last four minutes in that first quarter, he did not look, the, he did not look the same throughout that game. Uh, me, personally, I probably would have continued to play on that adrenaline. I'm going to get some halftime treatment. That's what I would have did. Um, I don't know why that happened, but thankfully so. Thank you, Joe Mazzulli, for that. Um, and I just think that was a, another thing that shows. that is, It's a little thing, but it's it's a big thing. In the same token, you got to play your guys. And... and Spo did just that. 
He even started Bam at the start of the second quarter too. He didn't play around with gave, that, bro. Yeah. He gave Jimmy a breather. Uh, he even started Bam at the start of the second quarter. So I do want to give Spo a big shout out, a big credit for that as well. Last thing I'm gonna say before we transition to the NBA Finals, which, which by the way, Ev, just just think about that sentence considering the season that we can just say NBA Finals preview, like that's that's a big sentence within itself. But um, man, I gotta say, like for this team to have made it to this point defensively, um, what do you think this team? is going to have to tap into to be able to beat the Denver Nuggets. Because obviously their favorite, all that's, you know, fine. But in this Boston series, what they consistently showed is when they're counted out, when they're on the road, they're just able to generate high-quality offense. It's not fake shooting. These guys are knocking down these shots because they're wide open. How do you think you can consistently generate these same types of looks against the Denver Nuggets? To the same type of looks on offense you're referring to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it comes to this Denver Nuggets series, and I'll be lying to you if I say I'm, I'm not worried or I'm not scared. Uh, I'm all of the above when it comes to this team. Because because their best player is a seven-foot superstar, a juggernaut on offense, one of the smartest players in the league. One of the best passers in the league. One of the best scorers in the league. The last time we said that about one guy, all three of those things was LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, because Stephen Curry, to be fair, was never viewed as a top three passer in the league, ever. Throughout his career, he was never viewed as that. Nobody said Stephen Curry's a top three passer in the league. Obviously one of the best scorers, obviously one of the smartest players. But LeBron James thought his career was viewed as one of the best passers, scorers, and smartest players. Jokic is undoubtedly probably a top should be a top three passer in this league one of the best scorers in this league and then obviously one of the smartest players in this league um, tough pickle but as far as us offensively what we, we put bam in different situations in that series against boston we more so with posting up bam and let him trying to eat in that aspect against al horford or robert williams whoever the case may be um i would love for us to circle back and credit the defense that he's been going against they they started they started kind of been taking us away but I would love for us to circle back to getting Bam at ball um, off of pick and roll situations. I'm at the elbow um, and letting him let him get his matchup from there. Because at that point, you can shoot that pull up midi. Um, you can do a jab step, go by, or you can post up and do your little. He likes to do like a little, like a dream shake. It ain't like he fades away. Yeah. Um, he Bam do that move. But credit Tyler Hero put him in that position a lot. Tyler Hero was a big big part of that. Um, so. That's one thing I want to see us turn back to. Another thing that's going to be needed in this series to me is Gabe Vincent. Um, we're going to need the shot creation. What I mean by shot creation is his ability to pull up off of screens, his ability to, um, to to pull up in the mid-range area, his ability to attack downhill. I'm not saying he's one of the best finishers in the league, but he will attack downhill and do a floater. Um, the ability to shoot pull up th- pull up threes, mid-range, all of that. Gabe Vincent. We're going to need him to be super duper duper aggressive on offense. I'm not yeah. going to be mad with how many times Gabe Vincent shoots, to be honest, in this series. Um, I'm more so on the side that Caleb Martin, I know he's going to work. And I know he's going to try to get his. So um, I'm not going to speak towards him. Jimmy Butler, when it comes to how he plays the game of basketball, he's always going to try to pick his matchups. Uh, me personally, I think Aaron Gordon's going to start on him. And I think Aaron Gordon will be a tough matchup for Jimmy Butler. Um, and Gordon is stronger or, or strong, just as strong. Um, he's a little bigger, especially frame-wise. Um, he has the ability to move his feet. Um, Jay Butler is not a super-duper shifty guy. He's not beating you off face-ups. He's he's like, the way he scores is like smart. I'll say that. He outsmarts guys. He gets to the line. Um, yep. Spot smoothly and calmly. That's the way Jimmy Butler likes to execute. Um, so I do think Aaron Gordon can cause some difficulties there. Um, but... When he ma- when he gets that KCP matchup, when he gets that Jamal Murray matchup, um, maybe even MPJ. I'm not saying all those are favorable, but when he gets those matchups, anybody that's not Aaron Gordon to me, he got to try to kill. I do think Bruce Brown will be a tough match for him as well, um, but he can probably post up Bruce a little bit and try to get his from that area. Um, also, keep your dribble handoffs going. Play Duncan Robinson more. 
Duncan Robinson is better off ball to me and moving around the court than Max Schroes. He got to play Max, a lot of minutes in this yeah, series to me. Duncan bad. Robinson got to play way more in this series to be able to beat this Denver team. Um, we're going against a team that, to me, they generate high quality looks almost every possession. Uh, when Jokic and Jamal Murray's on the court, let me, let me make sure I emphasize on that. Um, because Jokic, the way he sets up everybody and the, and the attention that he commands, um, and he should have commanded a lot of attention in this series because he's going against a guy and bam, who, who's not as big as him, pretty much has that matchup favorable in his advantage. Um, so, is Bam being aggressive offensively, getting to his spots in the free throw line area, elbow area, Gabe Vincent showing us a lot of shot creation, being uh, aggressive on offense, Jimmy Butler picking his spots, and continue to stay aggressive. We cannot have you have 14-point games, 19-point games, 16-point games in this series like you did between game four through six. Um, all those, those were not all his points. I'm sorry. Um, one of them he did like 27 or something like that, but he went nine for 21 or 28. Right. 20, but that was not a good game to me. I think that was game five. Um, that was not a good game to me. Um, game six, he hit the 24 mark when he tried to lay heroics. But that wasn't a good game either. We need Jimmy to be aggressive. This is going to be a final, and we need you to be aggressive from the start to finish. Um, who else? spoke on Duncan playing more? Uh, when Tyler Hero does return, which I'm assuming, like Chris Haynes said, game three, I want him to come off the bench. Um, can't rush you back to the starting lineup. Come off the bench. Um, finish the season out that way, and then we can go from there. So um, I think those are the, same, the main things that we have to do. It's hard for me to predict what we're going to do because our offense isn't as great to me, uh, if I had to be honest. Um, it's really based off dribble handoffs and Jimmy picking the spots and some transition buckets and um, – Pretty much it. It's not as great, but we're here, you know, um, and I can say that. So that's the things I'm looking forward to against Denver. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, hey, listen, like, I don't think regardless if you win or lose the finals, it's a loss at all. Because the fact that you were able to make the finals, you got your pick, and you're doing this off of a roster that you did not improve pretty much at all last offseason. So this offseason for the Heat is going to be a really strong one, especially considering how far you made it and how much experience these guys are going to get against a really good team in the West. So you guys are in a good pole position in terms of, you know, being able to build off of this success. But I'm going to be happy to watch it because I think this series is going to be real hoops because a lot of people have had this notion that, oh, the Heat aren't that good. Like, it, it's really Butler carrying everything. But this, this is a team to the nines all the way through. Even when Butler or Bama have had bad games, you've had multiple guys step up. And for Denver, same thing can be said. When, when Jokic is in foul trouble, Jamal Murray stepped up. KCP with his big threes, he stepped up. Like, this series is really going to be a, a team type of series. A lot of guys are going to be cutting off the ball, moving crazy, a lot of three-point shooting, a lot of tough shot making, and a lot of, like, clutch defensive moments. But for me... While I favor Denver, Ev, I will say this. I think a lot of people are expecting you guys to be blown out in game one. I think game one is a prime position to steal a game just based on you guys running on fumes, but also just having closer game speed than Denver because the entire time they have been resting. And to me, if you're able to steal one game on the road, this evolves yeah. to a longer series. And for the Heat, yeah. at least, you thrive in those types of moments, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I want to predict it, but I'm waiting to see why, if I get that feeling. I get a feeling, and I just know, like, I knew we were going to win game one and two against Boston. Like, I just knew it. Right. Um, the only game that I was off on in that series was game six. I predicted it, but we obviously lost to a, a, a tip, whatever it was. Uh, but I bet on game three, too. Um, I just had a feeling. Ever, I, I'm not feeling it yet. I may get that feeling tomorrow or Thursday morning. But my motto is not going to change. Win game one, we can have some fun. We did that for three straight rounds. And I think they should have the same mindset. If you take game one, you can make this an interesting series. And people can be like, okay, well, look. Look here. This kid, series can either go 2-0 going back to Miami. Us being up 2-0. 1-1 going back to Miami. And I think if it's 1-1, we have a case to turn some heads and I think you know this is a similar series to going to uh when we went against Boston it was like 97 percent to three percent I think now it's something in that same realm when it comes to Denver Nuggets winning the series as far as the ESPN analytics and things like that not that it means anything to me but just shout it out 
Uh, you know, same thing for me. Win game one and we can have some fun. Hopefully we can do that on Thursday. Yeah, well, I can't wait for that matchup. But Ev will probably be having his post games uh, after again, y'all. If you have a Twitter, make sure to tap into Facts Stats. He hosts a, a wonderful uh, uh, Twitter space. Uh, unfiltered unfiltered but you know what i'm saying we love the game so make sure to tap in for those things i'll put uh ev's links inside of the description ev are there any final comments you want to get off before we end this episode today yes sir uh again great time great conversation that we had appreciate you uh, letting me come on everything that he was speaking on everyone that's that made it to this part don't forget to subscribe to get this youtube channel um also i do twitter spaces every day at facts and stats underscore um I also have my own YouTube channel as well. You can check that out. You can subscribe to a gift that came on last year in the finals. Uh, so thank you for that, my brother. I'm glad to return a favor. Uh, but Twitter space, that's what goes for Facts and Stats every day. Um, at Facts and Stats underscore, that's the same name on Instagram, um, TikTok, and Twitter. And then also, so I also make and sell apparel, factsandstats.us.com. Or just factsandstats.us, I'm sorry. So thank you, my brother. Gift it again. Go get that merch. Go get that merch. <laughs> but yeah, people, peace out. We will catch you guys in the, the next one. I think the next time I see you guys will officially be within the final. So I can't wait for that. Peace out, everybody. Have a good one.